Harry here. Mary Sue celebration is back with that most beloved of traditions, the back to school in February special. This episode was delayed due to my personal issues uh, with depression and uh, maybe having carpal tunnel, which is a pretty big sword of Damocles over my head as an editor. Oof. Okay, well, let's stop thinking about this. I had this episode mixed and mastered by Rhodium Studios on Fiverr. If we get back to monthly episodes, I'd like to hire an engineer and mixer, but that's not particularly realistic for me as an underemployed person with a not very popular, not famous at all podcast. So uh, please consider tipping us at Y2K Detective on Kofi. Back to the back to school special. This is a special type of episode I'd like to do once a year or so where a guest and I do a book club on a work we think dovetails with the core concepts of the show. This time we discuss the book Gamer Girl. So I hope you guys enjoy. Hello and welcome to Mary Sue Celebration. I am your host, Harry, and this is our Back to School Book Club Spectacular. I don't know what that... I don't have a funny DJ sound to play for that why don't you i don't know what back what is what is back to school sound like is it like a bus backing up it's like crying and a bus backing up uh i was gonna be like a a little bit sweet and be like maybe it's uh the the beautiful squeak of the wheels on those big metal motherfuckers they put all the scholastic books in um could be that could be that as well uh it's it's a your epic uh, high tops slamming against that linoleum floor as you walk down the hallway, as you walk down the hallway and see that bulletin board with an ad to join the anime club. I can't relate to this. We didn't have an anime club. Uh, We haven't done a book club episode before. We have uh, for our book club, uh, Mary Mancusi's Gamer Girl. Would you like to describe it from memory uh, with as many details as possible, or because uh, I kind of think I can, or do you, or do you want me and you can fill in whatever else? So, Gamer Girl is about That's a right. gamer girl. <laughs> that might surprise you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it, she is a gamer girl. Yeah. Yes, well, she's correct. not one at the start, but she becomes one. She's like a goth. She's very alternative, and her parents have just divorced. And she moves out of the big city with all her cool friends. She moves her rich and people. That is so life. important that the that the that the big city is uh, Mary Sue Celebration uh, Extended Universe main character, the city of Boston. Yes, it all comes back to Boston. <laughs> I'm going to keep it real with you. There's a bunch of locations in the story towards the end that I'm just like, oh, okay, I know exactly where that is. Yeah, it, there's a lot of local lore in this book for some reason. I bet I just bet I just bet she's from Boston. She, she must be, or lived yeah. there for a while. Yeah, and so she moves to New Hampshire. She moves from from Epic, uh, Massachusetts to cringe New Hampshire. Yeah. And she's gotta go to a small town school full of aber zombies. Uh, aber zombies. Which is a word that is used multiple times in text, which is of course Abercrombie and Fitch yeah. zombies. <laughs> and there's the popular kids, the haters. And Nobody there has even heard of anime, <laughs> except for the teacher, the cool teacher. That's right. There's one cool teacher who knows, she knows about anime. She's online. She's talking on the net how the way you like. Yeah, and her dad buys her for her birthday, her 16th birthday, um, fictional World of Warcraft. That's right. <laughs> and she wants to game with her dad, but her dad is a loser, so that doesn't really happen. And Instead, she meets this guy who is definitely a real 16-year-old boy, <laughs> falls right. in love, and also he is a popular kid at her school, by coincidence. And I forgot this until today, his name is literally Chad. His name is literally Chad, and then there's a red herring boy that's like the geeky boy that eventually becomes like her friend and a member of the club that she starts with the cool teacher. Um, but they did the twist, which is the twist in all of these kinds of YA girls bo- girl books. When a dude is not interested in her back, you do find out. He's I, gay. I was gonna say I remember him as the gay friend, but I honestly wasn't sure if that was just like me inserting that part of his character. 
character. No. The only thing that is definitely inserted is that her friend Raven is definitely also gay. And I made that up, but it's true. Yeah, because literally the first time she meets this guy, she describes him as a Buddy Holly lookalike. Which is like, how is that How is that not the gay friend? Is that like in a, 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 the lexicon of a 2008 teenager? I don't think so. I think, I mean, she's one of those uh, cool teenagers who knows about stuff that's kind of old. Oh, yeah. Okay, so. Like, I, I was looking at it today, too, and she's like, I've seen the 1960s version of Romeo and Juliet because the tragic love story speaks to me. <laughs> There's so many weird, specific pop cultural drops in this book. There really book. are. Uh, there's also a parallel plot that we haven't discussed besides the dad and the, the boy there is a, a manga or comic book competition yes. that is happening in in locally, judged by the real human being Svetana. What is her last name? The person who made Drama Con. It's like Chmakova. I don't know how to pronounce it. Yes, sorry. Yeah, it's like Svetlana but- or something. I don't. I don't know. She, yeah, you're right. You're right. Is Svetlana? Uh, she is the real person and creator of DramaCon is simply in this book. Um, not important. Does she, does she know she's in this book? <laughs> uh, she must. It's really funny because she's taking the role essentially of that like kindly realist mangaka person that the girl in DramaCon meets. I feel oh, like I've never read it. It's funny because like all the anime and manga that she's into in this, I don't know any of them. I think. Damn, you didn't watch Dot Hack? No, I didn't. I didn't either. Why not? That's that's terrible. That I just asked you immediately something <laughs> I didn't watch as if I watched it. That was that was I was stealing valor from Dot Hack fans, which is another word up in this book a lot. Absolutely. So there's this parallel plot of this contest. So she decides to take the the like her imagined soon to be real love story with this boy. And she creates, like, they know each other in the game, and then and then there's, like, an isekai where she goes into the game, and she's her hyper-powered, hot-ass elf queen character, Alora. But she's like, but can you fall in love with the real me to the perfect video game boy? And great news, he can. Um, yeah, he's the popular boy who's, uh, like... Okay, a, the bully is definitely named Billy, because that's, like, the most... Yes, so that she pours over this beautiful manga. It's it's wonderful, it's beautiful, it's her perfect isekai, OC, boyfriend, epic story. But the mean kids find it and they they draw all over it, put it all over school and make fun of her. But it's fine because the kids from the anime club that she started with a cool teacher, they're going to redraw it themselves because she's been teaching them how to draw in anime oh, I forgot these details. Oh, man. And uh, then she takes it to the con- contest and Svetlana is like, wow, I love the spirit of this project. Epic Chungus Poggers. <laughs> sorry, I keep saying epic. Um, I'm sorry. Let's, well, 2009 that. She was like, this totally poems. Yes. I love it. And this happens in the Boston Public Library. Oh, gosh. All, which is a very funny building to imagine it that is. in. But the important part is that at the end, they all go to Longhorn Steakhouse. Oh, yes. And I, I, I'm crazy. I think everybody knows this. I went and said, wait a second. What's the closest Longhorn Steakhouse to the Boston Public Library slash what was in 2008? And I realized that the Regal Cinema that was like right on the Fenway by my college, there used to be a Longhorn Steakhouse right next to it. And it was definitely the closest to the Boston Public Library. And I'm just saying it was that Longhorn Steakhouse. This is the real deep lore that you're researching here. everybody everybody i i like to put this energy towards all of my work i appreciate it i think actually we should host like a tour where we go to the sites of gamer girl (laughs) a guided tour through the world of gamer girl like this is where the long hard steakhouse once stood <laughs> this is so good. I looked around the restaurant in awe. The way this is so funny. Just everyone headed to Longhorse for a party. She mentions that Longhorn Steakhouse is her favorite restaurant. Like I'm just like there's like this very funny thing that writers want to do, which is to make like to use real brands and real properties to like create realism. And 
It just makes this book the funniest and most perfect time capsule. It really is, yeah. <laughs> it is it is quite wonderful. Uh, so that's a summary, and I just just I find that it is a very cozy and charming like way to experience like the mid two thousands being a geek in high school and mm-hmm. middle school during that era. Yeah, I think I must have read it when it came out around because I think I got it at the school book fair, and so I would have been like twelve when I read it. So I was younger than her, but I was like, "Damn, she's me." <laughs> I just I just I'm just thinking about this book. It really it really makes you think. <laughs> There is a part where they start the anime club and somehow the teacher can get by or get comped for an entire box full of a Full Metal Alchemist Volume 1 for oh, the yeah. entire group of she, children. Yeah, she like buys it. Which is, the realism is, is simply, it's simply, I would, if I were a teacher, I would simply not buy all of the children Full Metal Alchemist Volume 1. She just one had that at her house. $13 each. <laughs> For $13 each. Like, she had that at her house. She was like, I love Fullmetal Alchemist, but I only like the first volume. I'm always buying volume one. <laughs> I see it and I get it. I love that. I I think there's like this very hair trigger um, reaction to this book. And it's it's definitely to think of it as cringe and outdated. Uh, the To base it on the jacket, mm-hmm. as you will, because it does start with ZOMG in like big pink and purple letters on the back. And, and everyone's decided that's cringe. Yeah, that went viral on Tumblr um, several years ago. And I think that's most people's only thing they know about this book. There are, um, I did, I did call some quotes from this book, uh, this choice quotes. Uh, I know it's been like a hot minute since you, since you've uh, read it. So maybe would you like a, would you like a refresher? You do want to talk a little bit about your, about your feelings first. That's why I'm here is to talk about my feelings about Gamer um, no, I'm actually here to talk to you of, as a as a as a gamer, as an as an MMO uh, head. I, I'm the expert witness. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you played WoW. Um, yes, I did. In fact, play World of Warcraft around the time that this book was written. <laughs> oh my goodness! And did you have uh, lots of drama? <laughs> For one thing, I didn't meet any chads from my school. Oh, as so far sad. as I know, when, when will chat? I just do not think it's very realistic to be able to meet yeah, someone. Yeah, no, there's so like, many servers. From your school and your there's grade. There's so many servers, there's no reason why she would meet the same guy that happens to be at her school. Yeah, and I remember reading this and being, as a kid, I was like, because I would play every MMO that I could find in existence. Like, I would just look up lists of them and try new ones. And I used to be like, oh, I wish the one in this book was real. That would be so fun. And it's like a direct copy of World of Warcraft. So I don't know why. Yeah, I don't. And and I did. I did play it. I was just like, for some reason, this slightly fictionalized version seems more fun. I have to give a uh, tip my hat to, to Mari because Farmingdale is the best fake New Hampshire town name. I would 100% believe it was real. <laughs> yeah, and the way she finds out that, or at least finds out that it's somebody nearby. I I just love that there's like an epic scene where he where he just like the the hot the Chad the literal Chad just goes, "Damn, I wish I wish there were cool girls like you in Farmingdale," <laughs> which is just like iconic, legendary. Yeah. <laughs> uh. He just he just lets that out by accident, apparently. I I feel like it has it has its charming points. I think some of it is just like okay, all right, well okay. <laughs> well, when I looked at it today, I I was very shocked to find an instance of the F slur. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Which is the bully calling the gay friend that, and the gay friend is like unfazed because hey, he's cool. Was it a book uh, made in the early to mid two thousands? If it doesn't include either the F or R slur, that was just how the, yeah, the, it was. It's, it's period typical homophobia and, and ableism. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, and I thought it was funny because in that scene, the teacher is like, like, because Maddie had that's her name. I don't think we oh, said I, that. I, I she, can't she believe got, we haven't said her name. <laughs> <laughs> she she got bullied in the same class like right before the reason that the bully says the slur is because like the gay friend is defending her so at the end of the class the teacher like talks to her about it and is like oh you know i know it's hard being in a new school and i'm like you're not gonna talk to the kid who just got hazed for being yeah, gay wait, quick question i this is this is this is well what we can't always pro- god damn it 
forever prioritizing white girl feelings. Just because you're the protagonist. Oh my god. <laughs> just, uh, I, just, I just love the little details in the story. Uh, there's a really funny part where you can tell she's being excluded by popular kids because they're all going to Fredly's and she is not coming <laughs> to Fredly's with them. <laughs> It's like, so real. That's literally the day of my my last day of high school. We went to Friendly's to celebrate. It's it's so again like so uh rural New England. The idea that the fancy place that cool kids go to is Friendly's. <laughs> like, I know. It's just incredible. A uh, great book. Ten out of ten. Uh, I can say I can say no wrong about this about this piece of literature. Well, that's like that's an angle that I didn't realize until looking at it today. Like that didn't cross my mind as a kid. Where she's complaining about basically how horrible and hellish it is to be living where I lived at the time. That's right. Which is like one hour away from Boston in a small it's, town. It's, it is so hard to be one hour away from Boston. It hurts every she's day. Like, this is just the worst place you could ever be. And I was like, yeah, that's. I'm not offended by that. I can't even see the Prudential Center. Why? Why? <laughs> Life is hell. There's not a Longhorn Steakhouse anywhere in the near in the nearby. I've never been to a Longhorn Steakhouse. <laughs> you can call that deprivation. That is that is how uncultural. I mean, that's what it feels like when you're a kid. Anyway, it feels like, and and you're in the middle of nowhere. Everything feels like boring and isolating, especially if you're like nerdy and don't have friends. Yeah, and I but the thing with that too is like I don't you know I don't know how it is in New Hampshire, so you can enlighten me. That's but right. <laughs> if you live in a small town, my graduating class was like less than a hundred people. And my graduation class was uh, sixty people. There was still emos and weeaboos there. <laughs> like we weren't all right wingers. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. There were definitely uh, shades of geekier people. Um. <laughs> yeah, like it wasn't you know the world's most diverse school by any means but she just goes there and no person there has ever listened to something that isn't top 40 music damn <laughs> except it's hey really buddy, it's also really funny because that was like the era where it was at least cool to listen to like alternative music yeah she's listening to mcr on her disc man like girl everybody listens to mcr <laughs> Yeah, I think she she had a poster or something in her locker. She was like, yeah, she's like, oh, if Gerard Way went to Farmingdale High, we would be soulmates. Everybody has a very real thing within within every teenage girl is is a true and unironic version of Emily Darkness, Dementia Raven Way. I was gonna say I really do get her vibes from this book because, like, especially in the you know, it intensely describes her outfit in most scenes oh yes i i have that i have a couple of those in my pull quotes that we'll get to yeah you know fuck it we're we're go we're doing quotes let's do quotes okay here are some quotes i've gathered um we're gonna start with the dedication because it's really oh. funny <laughs> yeah i took a screenshot of this today <laughs> <laughs> yes this is to all the irl gamer girls out there who totally pwn the boys Hot Chicksers FTW. Great yeah. stuff. No no criticism. I have I have no feedback <laughs> on that. It's great. <laughs> she does the oars, chicksors, and then in the blurb that's like rock sores, I think. I'm like, did people say that? It also like doesn't come up in the text as far as I remember. I read this in February. Uh. The one that when I was skimming, the one slang thing that was really bugging me in the main text is that she keeps saying he he as H E dash H E. <laughs> I was like, no human has ever done this. That is beautiful. Um, She's like, hey, flirting with her online boyfriend who is definitely a 16 year old boy. We've got some incredible, I hope you meet tons of uber cool rock girls and sexy, sexy bad boys. Very, very t- pure and typical. I'll settle for yeah. anyone not openly worshiping the gods of Aber Zombie. I replied with a laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Those were the days. <laughs> this is, uh, and I tweeted this out with anyone who wore or fantasized about wearing this outfit in 2008 is gay now. Oh, God. It, 
Is it the one with the goblin cat? Okay, fine. Maybe I should have dressed a tad more conservative. We were in the suburbs after all, but image was everything in high school and I felt I needed to make the appropriate this is who I am statement from day one to attract the right friends. Sad, but true. So I donned a short plaid skirt paired with Doc Martin boots and a zip-up hoodie over my Puka the Goblin Cat doll tea, baby doll, Puka the Goblin Cat baby doll tee. It said, gothy, but approachable. I mean, I guess that's what that says. <laughs> I don't know who Puka the Goblin Cat is, I, actually. Pr- presumably not real, but a lot of real IPs have been dropped, so let's let's look for Puka the Goblin Cat. I assumed it was kind of like, do you remember Skell Animals? Oh, this bitch is real. Yeah, I assumed it was like skell animals or maybe like similar it seems to Invader Zim. Like some kind of like plush and comic character. Like they must have sold it at Hot Topic. Oh, oh, it it certainly looks like it. It's it. the only place that she shops. <laughs> she doesn't even know there's another part of the mall. <laughs> yeah, and in this line, she's like, I guess I should have been a little more conservative. So we are in the suburbs after all. I'm like, has Mary Mancusi been to the suburbs of New England? <laughs> What's so, sorry to Mary Mancusi, but but everybody everybody is insane here. Well, uh, I I can't talk about my favorite people who dress weird in this area every episode, but there is a there is a dude who was like all summer going around in like a huge like all the way down the legs black duster coat. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, no. With, like, awesome cyber goth hair. Like, this guy was just, like, straight out of a 90s club walking around town every day. And I loved that. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, it's like, like you said, New Hampshire is, I guess, libertarian compared to here. But it's still, it's not the deep south or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it feels like the middle of nowhere. But it's not, <laughs> especially if you're, like, s- suburban. Like, my guess is this is... If, if you're an hour out from Boston, you're in southern New Hampshire. You're near cities. You're not in the part of New Hampshire where there's literally, like, no Wi-Fi. You're not in the place where, like, every two houses is a dilapidated, rotting barn. That's the that's the part of New Hampshire I don't understand. Yeah, honestly, like, I'm, You're not, like, you're I'm not like in the in White a- Mountains. Yeah, I'm, like, an hour from Boston in the New Hampshire direction now, and... I'm I'm not even in New Hampshire yet, so like it's very very south of New Hampshire. Ah, uh, okay. I do think the 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 one reference that was just like laser tar- targeted is that um the the popular boys were referred to as Tom Brady wannabes, which is oh, very yeah. which is very very, very mid two thousands New England. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's almost still is. I mean, he. He just left, and also he's like, oh yeah, he has a Patriots jersey in the same area. Yeah, I yeah, and yeah, he left the team, but like he still plays, and he still is like the local figure. Except now he's kind of a hated one, I guess. Okay, I hate so <laughs> so here's the thing: she's mad that she couldn't wear her approachable but goth outfit, and she's mad because she got f- made fun of because she was offen- essentially forced to wear like a Mabel Pines outfit, like a dorky unicorn sweater and mom jeans. And I just think people would have still made fun of her. <laughs> I just, yeah. I just think they would have made fun of her no matter what she wore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that it's kind of in all like YA high school setting media where you're like, actually, nobody cares this much about whatever just happened in real life. This is this is also true. It's it's like 50-50. It's like if you're the new kid coming to a school where there's a population of 60 to 100 kids and they've all known each other literally since they were born, you're going to have trouble making friends. <laughs> like Yeah. But also like- some of those people are really chill. Like you just have to be a human being. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this is not I mean, no profound advice this episode. <laughs> this book suffers from the same thing as like anything that has the popular kids where it's like the popular kids in real life are not similar to this media version where they're like these jock assholes who are bad at school or whatever. Like at least in my experience popular kids were like the teachers really liked them. Yeah, already by by the by this era, I again disclaimer uh we we were very much um i think you're a little younger right yeah um yeah like two years or something i was i was in middle school and high school in like the mid 2000s early 2010s 
And it was very much like already the period where the nerdy kids were the most popular kids. Like the people really liked the valedictorian and, and she was yeah. pretty popular. And, and that was true of like everybody but me in the, in the top 10. <laughs> yeah. We stepped through the double doors into a sea of lip gloss Barbies and Tom Brady wannabes. I did a double take. Caitlin warned me this would happen, but I laughed her off. Surely every high school had some diversity, right? Evidently wrong. It was as if I'd wandered into a living, breathing American Eagle commercial. Shudder. I looked around, desperately trying to pinpoint at least one person who would prefer Hot Topic over H&M, but came up empty. Where were the mop-headed emo boys and Edward Cullen-worshipping goth girls? Where were the, sta- the skater kids, the punk rockers? I felt a lump rise to my throat. This was not good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's very, very evocative imagery in this scene. <laughs> this is... Uh, I, I don't actually want to lean on the end of making fun of this book, but this is definitely the part where I was, like, rolling my eyes very much. Well, this part offended me as a youth because I was, you know, a self-proclaimed emo, but I was an emo on the inside because I was not allowed to dress like an emo. <laughs> That's right. I was like, Ugh, goth girls don't like Twilight. Twilight is, like, I hated Twilight. Yeah, Twilight's for preps. I'm not, I still don't like it. Yeah, I was like, Twilight is mainstream. The, the real goths don't like Twilight. Who, who is this writer I think she is? Yeah, this is, this. it seems like, I, I do feel like she like did pinpoint a lot of like the, the current pop culture of this time, but that was such a miss. Like it really yeah. it was a big miscalculation. Have, you should go talk to some teens. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, ten years ago, she should have talked to me. <laughs> she should have talked to you uh, when I you were eleven. <laughs> yes, I was like, oh, I know what it's like to be a sophomore in high school and to be alt. And and you're out there. Um, also, JP Licks uh, shows up in the story. I'm sorry, I gotta yep, do all the Boston does, yeah. the Boston deep cuts. Uh, absolutely destroy me. She and she's like, she lives in a brownstone and goes to a private school. I'm like, okay we get it yeah but but now that her parents are divorced she's not rich anymore and and her dad is is spending all of his money on gotcha polls in world of warcraft yeah i i actually i looking at it today i was like i i like how this is not in any way an amicable divorce <laughs> like her mom she's like oh yeah she sold all of his stuff when he wasn't home <laughs> this dad does not get any good traits <laughs> Yeah, they like he's a hundred percent generic Adam Sandler ass man child. Yeah, he, they really make him the man child dad. <laughs> I, the, the, just the whole like, sorry, sweetie, I have to raid thing kills me <laughs> so. And he like canceled their fan her fancy ski trip or whatever. Oh, God, um, which extremely funny. Also, um, that's just me now. And like, then there's like a, another children. another hot person with a girl as their avatar who is obviously a girl people are always the same avatar as their gender oh yes um, the other woman <laughs> the other woman um when she finds out and she feels really betrayed that her dad went on a fucking pretended to be sick and went on a raid instead of spending time with her <laughs> same objective oh my god so funny the dad, Rockstar Bob, which is his username, um, <laughs> is an I icon. Even I didn't remember that, and I felt like no, I, I really... Just, that's from today. Okay. <laughs> Looking at it. Yeah. Rockstar Bob. A true gaming legend. He was probably nationally ranked if at the you, time. If you, I can't figure out a MMOs before children pun. <laughs> yeah. I think the twist of this other woman who is the sexy character who walks up next to him and is like, babe, we need to raid. The twist is that that's like his boyfriend who plays as a girl character. Oh. Yeah, because she really, they just keep assuming that everybody is the same gender as their avatar, which like as a kid, I, I when I was 12 on World of Warcraft, I guess I also did that. It's about having fun. <laughs> yeah. why, why, why must we be in the box? It used to make me really mad, actually, because um, I don't know if you saw this thing like on the widespread internet or whatever, where it was like, girl stands for guy in real life. Hmm. So, like, there was just this thing that, like, all girls on video games or the internet in general are actually guys, and that used to make me so mad as a kid. Yeah, that's fair. There could there could be nuance. <laughs> we, can, we can have both. <laughs> Damn, there are gamer girls out there, and they do pwn the boys, and they are hot chicks yeah. always. 
Well, and I think that's what was appealing about this book. Like, I mean, it definitely is what was appealing about it to me was that I was like, oh, man, it's a book about a girl who likes the same stuff that I do. Holy shit. Because, like, in actual real world of Warcraft and other places like that, there was this thing of, like, oh, girls don't do this. And nobody you know having the same interests and things like that. But Gamer Girl told us that anything is possible. Gamer Girl said, ZOMG, she can do it too. She was a girl boss in her own way. <laughs> she was a girl boss. She made her own uh, manga and and Svetlana loved it. <laughs> she did, yeah. It was great. She was one of those kids who was like, I'm going to be a mangaka in Japan. She probably really did. <laughs> That's right. She's she's in Japan right now. We say this is not if there's not like a bunch of like uh, French artists who are like in the anime industry now. I know yeah. that's like a pretty just normal mean, phenomenon. I think American artists thing as well. In, but you know, yes, that was such a thing. Yeah. Kids kids would say to each yeah. other. That's uh, what I was. I was like, yeah, I want to be a mangaka. Like, I I, I, I like to draw. draw to this I draw. I draw a big anime eye in math class. Exactly. I want to be a mangaka. <laughs> I think I can do it. <laughs> Gamer Girl told us that we could, and that was what we needed. Yeah, it's just, it's just the, I mean, here on Mary Sue Celebration, we are always talking about the self-empowerment fantasy, and it's just like the, you're, you're a regular girl, you like to play video games, you like to draw, and people, other people appreciate that and want to connect with you about it. I think for this episode, you have to change it to the Mary Mancusi Celebration. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait, that's good. <laughs> thank, thank you, Mary. Yes. If, if it is Mary, it's Mari. I don't know. I don't know. It's well, it's Mary Anne. Like oh. Mari with Anne after it. So I'm gonna assume it's pronounced Mary. It's probably Mary. Yeah. I don't. I don't have Where anything. Where is she now? Uh oh! I went to her website recently, or the last time oh, I was really? researching. Let me. Oh, she does like Frozen novelizations, like officially. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. And she has like another series. Oh my god, she did write a standalone novel called Skater Boy. Uh, and also oh in 2005, goodness. she wrote a novel called A Connecticut Fashionista in King Arthur's Court. Holy shit. That sounds good. <laughs> I'm, this is, this is, I'm only reading books by her from now on. And She's. It, must be from New England. <laughs> this is this is so good. I will I will have to do uh, some recon because this is not a very detailed Wikipedia page. But damn it, on her website, the title bar is of course her name in a very cute, uh, very cutesy, humanistic handwritten font, and under is author, gamer, cosplayer, Disney ninja. Disney ninja. Yes, like, correct. Those those are one phrase. Yes, you know, like how people on their resume say insane shit like something guru or something ninja and it's really gross and cringe and appropriative <laughs> no i didn't oh know God. this yeah that's like a that's a fun fact about resume culture people are people are this way sometimes they'll that's be like oh i'm a c plus plus ninja i'm really good at c plus <laughs> plus oh that's <laughs> embarrassing it is really embarrassing i hate it it's like a way to seem like quirky it's i feel like it's normally just the thing dudes do i'm not that i mean disney and the phrase disney ninja is a little bit cringe but she is writing official disney products so listen if girls can be gamers they can also make cringe resumes <laughs> girls girls can be cringe on their personal website as well hey if you're if you're if you're uh searching yourself mary uh this is this is actually supposed to be as nice as humanly possible <laughs> you just have to cut out like hours of us shit talking her <laughs> i i like to to keep the twin approach we there's two knives there's a very nice knife and uh the nami's rubber knife which we, we stab with both at the same time. Yeah, I literally, I hold no ill will towards this book or this person. No, I, I like, I think a couple aspects of the book are, are that sort of very, I feel like it also comes from the character, that very, like, cringe, self-important teen geek girl who's like, I'm, I'm the only cool person in the world sort of mindset. Yeah, and I mean, but I there's think like a that lot comes of off reading it as an adult but you know when you're a teenager you're just like that yes exactly like i definitely probably also felt that way 
Yeah, she has, you know, these scenes where she's like, my life is ruined. Life and you're is like, ruined. Oh, I've been there. The school is full of Aber zombies. There's no one who would wear a miniskirt and get sent to the principal's office for it. <sighs> Black miniskirt. Not a preppy miniskirt. She should have put her middle finger up at the preps. This would have ended a lot sooner. That's right. She just get, uh, get a suspension or whatever three-day suspension i don't know i don't know what happens in high schools anymore i i do need you to know that um for like skipping the like weird homeroom period my school had miles received an extended day detention but he what got off scot-free throwing a shoe directly at the vice principal <laughs> that's beautiful and of course he had recently seen the famous george bush a uh, shoe toss on the news that's fascinating behavior. <laughs> That's it. Just find, I love that. <laughs> finding ways to talk about Miles on episodes he's not even here for. Um, huge move. <laughs> it's, it's a really big move. I will remember that for the rest of my life. That's right. Please never forget. So that's our, our deep dive on Mary. I think she should be a guest. Um, I think she podcast. should be a guest on this podcast. If you're listening, please come on the podcast. I'm I'm not actually here to make fun of anyone. Um, we will read your book about Connecticut and then talk I would. About it I with will. You. I will read Skater Boy 2005, please. Uh, but to get back of this, like very like very like teen martyrdom of like feeling like you're the only cool person in the world i do have another great pull quote which i love i mean i don't know how many people would show up i hedged this place is pretty aber zombie i'm not sure we've got a lot of closet cosplayers waiting to embrace their inner inuyasha oh classic <laughs> classic who hasn't embraced their inner inner inuyasha at it's, this point? it's very hard to say out loud i'll say <laughs> inner inuyasha that's like a tongue twister okay this is this is i'm gonna ask you i'm gonna read you a quote and you're gonna tell me if you feel the same way as a gamer okay a gamer please a real gamer understood when it was time to shut down the game a real gamer knew when life came first <laughs> uh speaking as a real gamer i don't know either of those things <laughs> <laughs> oh man Oh, I've, how I did love, you like, yeah, get she into gets a little, animals? She gets kind of high and mighty over her dad at that point. <laughs> That's really <laughs> funny. <laughs> You're not a real gamer, dad. I'm sorry. Oh my but god, he's that like, would crush me if my child. Said <laughs> he's like, he's like a whole presumably like thirty something year old adult man who pretended to be sick so that he didn't have to ski with his daughter so that he could ride <laughs> with a presumably hot girl. Oh my god, I wish Rockstar Bob. Was in my raid static. <laughs> Rockstar Bob, if you're out there, I'm gonna yeah, I'm um, gonna steer us towards a little bit of if oh unless you want to keep talking about the book, I was gonna talk about some like MMO nostalgia. Yeah, I was gonna you. I was gonna answer your question that you asked before yeah, I was well, like done yeah gushing about Rockstar Bob. <laughs> Rockstar Bob, uh, he's a, a huge asset to the team. <laughs> I I actually love it when he abandons his daughter. I I I mean, come on, he's got to be logged in. Yeah. Um, he, he has commitments. Yeah, your question. Um, yeah, I want to say I first got into MMOs probably like 2005, 2006-ish. Because like my cousin told me and my brother about RuneScape. And we instantly became obsessed with that <laughs> for like years and years and years. I literally, I when I describe this to people, I say how I used to... I used to think about it before I went to sleep to try to make myself dream about it. Oh my god. So that I could be like using my sleeping hours efficiently to That's think right. about RuneScape. Mm. Yeah, that was the place I was at. And so somehow we got into World of Warcraft from that. Like probably my brother's friends were playing it, so he started playing it and I shared his account with him because it was more expensive and um there was like no free version at all at that time. I played World of Warcraft, it feels like a lot, but I never <laughs> got good at it or far in it. Yeah, like, my brother would delete my characters and stuff like that. What? Um, I would just, like, fuck, fuck around, basically, and, like, do the same stuff she does in this, where she's, like, just playing around and not reaching any kind of endgame content, so to speak, um, because I was, like, 10. Yeah, it's about, ha it's about having fun. 
Yeah. God. I, I was thinking of that when she, in the book, she like, she meets the kid from school and he's like, okay, but if you want to adventure with me, we have to role play. <laughs> yeah. What, what Which, was, what was with that? <laughs> yeah. I, I liked role playing stuff. Um, and like, I did like forum role play and stuff at the time. And so I was really interested in it in would World of like, Warcraft. Would you like role play in game or? I did a little bit. Yeah. Like I had joined role playing guilds sometimes. Um, and I never, I was never in any of like the super serious ones where they have these like big events with like a hundred people or something. Oof. I always wanted to, <laughs> but yeah, I, I would just do like random role plays with random people. And like some of those people were also like internet predators just as an aside. Yeah. It's very cool to be a kid on the internet. It's, it's cool and awesome. And I'm sorry, yeah. kids. I'm sorry. The world sucks. Honestly, the most inaccurate things about Fields of Fantasy, which is the game in Gamer Girl, compared to World of Warcraft is, um, one, Foff. nobody yeah, nobody in FOP <laughs> ever makes um, a Chuck Norris joke, because in <laughs> WoW, that was all anybody ever did at that time. God, and, you, really, you really brought me back to the mid-2000s. Yeah, and then the other was that nobody ever tries to cyber with her. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, well, Which, it is. It is a. Is yeah. a kid, it's, it is a kid, kids and teens book. Um. It's it's better for her that nobody did. I, I did like the touch that her dad was like, "You're not old enough to play this game, sweetie," because he was probably right. Sweaty, like, you're a freshman in high school. Why are you playing Fields of Fantasy? It's for yeah. real adult gamers. Honestly, like the content of the game itself is not. It's like teen appropriate. It's just when it, when it's an online game, people are insane people. It's it's about ugh, it's an awful weirdos. Honestly, I don't know a, a good segue to this, but I absolutely need to tell my favorite World of Warcraft anecdote from yes. my childhood. Yes, which is um, so World of Warcraft had like a global chat or whatever, which is like an element to make games more toxic than they need to be. <laughs> which is when you allow people to talk to each other ever and people were in it and they were talking about sephiroth and i was like oh you guys mean sephiroth from kingdom hearts because i was like 11 (laughs) and i had played kingdom hearts 2 and never played final fantasy and they like bullied me and they were like it's past your bedtime you little child who plays kingdom hearts and i was like so mad and i was like i was like shut up like and and now just as an adult this story is so goddamn funny to me because i'm like wait the big mature adult game that you were like bragging about having played was final fantasy 7 <laughs> yeah every uh, everybody in the story who isn't you is a loser <laughs> like oh like, you i'm were so just... cool ff7 man that's what adults play like you were you were just like a kid minding your own business trying to relate to everybody (laughs) there is just zero superiority level of a final fantasy fan over a kingdom hearts fan as i now know this is very uh pretzels is the same (laughs) yeah i thought that was so funny as far as square enix people well maybe you you uh have nuanced opinions about factions of square enix likers (laughs) uh what do you mean i don't know you you post about the mmo thing they do Yes, yeah, I play. I FF feel like those are now. different fans than the people who play like mainline Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts stuff. To some extent, like honestly, you're the only person I've ever met that plays it. That's beautiful. I'm I'm honored. <laughs> you're an ambassador. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, and it's it's really there's a lot of people, especially this year, a lot of people. But over time, just in general, people leave World of Warcraft and they go to play Final Fantasy. For various reasons. It's, it's like an exodus. exodus. Yeah. Oh, four. Yeah. Square Enix, like, you know, they, because they do Nier too, and Nier has a crossover with Final Fantasy, where, which is actually canon to Nier, which is very funny to me. People talk about sometimes wanting a Kingdom Hearts crossover in 14, and everyone's like, the mouse will never allow this. <laughs> that's like, that's the only connection I feel these two fandoms have to each other. That's fair. Kingdom Hearts people are, they're in another, that, that, they're in another world. I would really like a 14 character to be in Kingdom Hearts, though. Except for the fun. fact that I know who it would be 99% chance, and it's not a character that I really care about. So. Boo. It should be someone cool and fun. <laughs> it's the one who just got the Dolphy. 
I'm, I have managed to make this about Final Fantasy XIV as I do oh, everything I, in I, my I, life. I, I figured we would talk about it. I think is this the first episode of this podcast I recorded post being a Dolphy owner? <laughs> it is perhaps. Well, I don't know. Congratulations, me. <laughs> yeah, you've reached your goal. I have no goals. I'm gonna give you a softball. Can you name a girl character that you think is representative of the plight of the girl gamer? You mean outside of gamer girl? Outside of gamer girl, yes. Another character who is a gamer girl? Yeah, just a representative of the human condition that gamer girls live in. This is the softball. (laughs) (laughs) This is the softball. I didn't bring a list. I didn't, uh... Honestly, 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 the first thing that came to my mind is not a good answer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. What is is it? Is it not Watamote? (laughs) Oh, that that is a good answer. (laughs) She is representative. I don't I don't remember her name anymore, but she is representative of the human condition. Yes. Representative of the gamer girl human condition. Oh, yeah. No, she's excellent. Yes. Yeah, no. Watamote is good. And especially like I don't usually like secondhand embarrassment comedy, but I find it very funny. That is that it's a strong recommendation for people who perhaps uh want to experience the uh breadth of gamer girl emotions but don't perhaps don't want to read 2008 Mar- Mari Mancusi's uh, Gamer Girl. I don't know why you wouldn't want to read I gamer there girl, is though. absolutely no harm or harm in reading this book. You will you will be transported to 2008 for about yeah. 250 pages and you will have a nice time. <laughs> Honestly, if it's the sort of people who are the audience of this show and of your YouTube channel, why would you not read Gamer Girl? That's that's fair. I'm absolutely thrilled this won the poll instead of the one that was about supernatural fan drama. Oh, goodness. Written by someone who would go on to write Riverdale, but probably we'll read that. We'll probably be another book club. (laughs) Oh, boy. I am at the the last paragraph of the epilogue and it's tearing my brain apart. It's, It's very funny. All right, I've read you a lot of things. I'm going to read this one too. <clears throat> let's let's close the page on close the book on Gamer Girl and then we can have our postmortem and go home. Yes, Gamer Girl was the official winner of the evening. The judges loved the collaborative spirit of the work, raising the way everyone's personal styles melded together into something truly special. I just don't think that would happen, but let's continue. They (laughs) they loved my storyline, too, claiming it was the perfect mix of shoujo and fantasy. My hero, Svetlana, gave me the highest praise and told me I definitely had a future in the business. She even took me aside to give me her personal email, saying I should feel free to ask advice anytime I need it. Totally made my already unforgettable night. The manga would now move on to the national competition, where the publisher would choose one regional winner to publish and definitely exploit since this is an XB of Tokyo Pop. But while publishing would be a dream come true, sitting here in this restaurant, which is a Longhorn Steakhouse, uh, surrounded, <laughs> surrounded by my friends, family, and new boyfriend, I truly felt I had won the jackpot. No longer freak girl, not even gamer girl, just Maddie Star. And right now... That was enough. Man. You know, that just made me realize I feel like we have barely brushed on the topic of the romance plot with Chad. <laughs> I because it is not worth Chad. talking about. I absolutely don't care even a bit about Chad. Like the It's only... like half of the main thing and it is not interesting at all. Like there is no tension where it's like, oh, is this which guy from school is it? Is it the the guy that I think is okay, but he's kind of a cringy dice guy that I don't actually want to be interested in me? Or is it this hot dude who seems like he's secretly nice? Uh, who's yeah. popular and watches as I get bullied. Literally from the first page, he's like the popular kid who he he doesn't really want to be a bully with them. He he like mouths sorry after they bully her. Yeah, it's it's like, like it's like nothing, uh, the the other guy being the red herring. It's just like so. I mean, I know it's a kids book, but it's so obviously yeah. not. It's obviously Chad. Uh, he is like. He sees her drawing of the character and is about to tell her it looks like Alora at one point. It's very obvious. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. No, no, as a kid, I was not like, oh, who could it be? Yeah, no way. There, that's, I guess that's not, I mean, you're reading a, a romantic story for geek girls. Uh, it's it's yeah. definitely it's supposed to be a comfortable read for the most part. <laughs> I mean, I guess in a way that doesn't really track with the whole theme i mean i I wasn't like oh if only i could meet the 
most popular boy in school on World of Warcraft. Like, that wasn't something I desired. Maybe I I was too gay for that, but... Like, I guess it's like, like, I don't know, the fantasy that you being who you are can help other people have the courage to be who they are, and if they're hot, that's a huge plus. Yeah, I just, I did not want to be involved with the popular kids. I wanted to be involved with the weeaboos. Yeah, it would have been, it would have made more sense if just like, it, it, it had been like a double red herring. And if like, I mean, like if the Raven character had been a boy, it would have been like, that would have been the third love interest. Well, I was just going to say, I think we should do some rewrites. And <laughs> that's um, <laughs> the guy she met on the game is just a girl and then they're, they're gay. <laughs> That's correct, end. correct. That, send, and Sun it's over. It's a great story. Yeah. Everybody loves it. Everybody claps. Uh, at the Longhorn Steakhouse, pretty much everything happens the same, I'm going to say. Yeah. I think, yeah. <laughs> the Longhorn Steakhouse gets a little better when it, when there's gay people it's, there. It's, it's, oh my god, there's a subplot where I totally forgot. I don't even, it's not really a plot, where it's like the gay guy, because he's obviously gay, is in the theater program. Oh, and there's like a part where she gets up to like... Uh, to perform one time and she like gives a really awkward but okay monologue and it and chad loves it i don't remember this at all and also chad is in the romantic lead role in the play that's of course he is yeah what wait is it romeo and julia yeah no i don't remember that at all which is funny because that sounds like something i should have remembered as myself uh, it's somewhere in the middle. Let's let me see if I can. I is can it Romeo it. and Juliet? Because she brings that up earlier. She does bring it up? Oh, uh, I don't know. That line of some, something about oh, the and there's like a romance. plot with her little sister being in a dance class, and it's very much like this weird like shaming, sometimes shaming the little sister for liking like girly things. Yeah, um, I do remember some of the stuff with the sister. Yeah, and she, there's like a scene where all the unicorn, grandma's unicorns get knocked over, and it's very tragic for the unicorns. I I remember this, um, the scene where maybe, it, oh, I think actually it's the ski trip thing, maybe. I'm not sure. It's like, the, but the sister gets really upset. She brings her into her room, and she, she lets her play on the Disney website on her computer <laughs> yes. for a few hours yes. until she, like, goes to bed and she's um, like being being a nice sister for once basically already talking about them going to the white mountains so no wi-fi uh <laughs> oh god it's so local <laughs> we're going to the white mountains oh no hmm they're all they're role-playing i don't know if i'm gonna find this but uh there That's is right they they role play in the game and they they like go in the inn and they they go to sleep in the in bed <laughs> before locking off very spicy um <laughs> Oh, there's the part where they watch Dot Hack sign an anime club. (laughs) I need to know now if they were like RP sleeping in the same bed. Because that's that's pretty juicy. I think they went to the inn. They went and met met at the inn a bunch of times. Like complete with like, they would like RP getting soup or whatever. Like, (laughs) it was just a cute detail. But I I assume. I um, I don't think it got too spicy with Sir Leo and Alora. (laughs) Because the way Fields of Fantasy is described, it's not. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't actually exactly fit World of Warcraft, but I assume that the inn that the, it's like the Elf Tree Inn or whatever they call it. Um, Good, great, Paul. That is. I assume it. it's the Goldshire Inn, which is like a famous location in WoW, which is kind of an infamous location in WoW because people apparently hang out there and just do the most insane like ERP shit in public. What's your favorite outdated slang from this that book? That appears in the book. Um. This isn't really outdated, but a slang thing that has stuck with me is the time she was like, I put semicolon, semicolon, which is the Japanese emoticon for tears. <laughs> I always liked how she described it that way. She's like, let me explain it to you. Oh, and ROFL is in there too. A ROFL cla- really, classic. somehow it died when LMAO did not. What would you like to see a uh, return here in the, uh, the roaring 20s? <laughs> <laughs> XD. That's right. XD. I I I was very offended about what happened to XD because like everyone was like, oh, XD is cringe. And then they started using XD the crying nice. laughing emoji, which I is love- the same thing. It is. And XD has a charm. If, if you're I used me. XD constantly. Oh, that was the oh, only way I knew too. how to communicate. 
communicating online was is as simple as XD. You got Icon Larry Pliz, Icon I'm Happy Pliz on DeviantArt, you know, at the classic emotions. Mm. I do like that people... No, I can't talk about the DeviantArt Icon emoticons thing. I know I've talked about it on here before. Let's see. Have you ever been up on stage before? Here we go. Here we go. We're here. Yeah, they just like had to make this high school musical for five seconds. Interesting. It's actually Guinevere and Lancelot. And I feel like, I guess to sort of move past all of the Romeo and Juliet, because that might have felt too cliche. I guess this goes with his whole, like, his character is called Sir Leo, and he's like, I'm an elf knight. But yeah, the the haters, as they are called, uh, while she's performing, uh, you know, they do like mocking, clapping, and hooping and holler and stuff, you know, the usual classic 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 uh rude people stuff yeah and and she's like is chad gonna stick up for me and uh he didn't because that's that's how chad do um yeah i mean what are the redeeming factors of chad um besides being a chad i guess (laughs) yeah i think i think oh i'm sorry a beautiful but unattainable chad that's right Yes. She also describes him and other characters and things as yummy a lot. And I'm like, I find that a little weird. Oh my goodness. I, this like, it just like doesn't, it just never quite hits the experience of feeling like you're reading a friend's like live journal or DeviantArt journals. But it like, (laughs) it almost gets there in spots. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it was very, it was clearly not written by a teenager, but as a, as a child and a teenager, I felt that it understood me anyway. Yeah. (laughs) I would certainly, uh, Read this over uh, a John Green book any any day. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry to be a poser, uh, <laughs> a hater of literature. In John Green's defense, it's like the dialogue does sound like Tumblr posts from the era he published most of his stuff in. Anyway, so he he copied teens. He found he had the uh, he broke he broke down secret code. <laughs> yes, he broke down down the pieces. Hmm. Do we have like a way to wrap? Because we got, we got to wrap. No, we don't got to wrap, but we do. Uh, usually I record these, like, we're talking hour, hour and a half, hour, 40 minutes, and usually 20 minutes comes off somewhere. We're at a good point. At least, it, there's at least 20 minutes of me being, like, <laughs> saying things that you can't hear. What if they're really funny? What if I get your side of the audio and I'm like, wow, that was profound. I, I left you some secret messages. <laughs> Woo! I'm ready to decode. I haven't... I never decoded. I, not even when I was in the Gravity Falls fandom, I didn't do any mystery hunting. Another poser point. The only hunting I will do is is akin to trying to figure out uh, which Longhorn Steakhouse the epilogue of this book took took place in. That's so not Bostonian. I mean, that's not a Bostonian thing where Bostonians are like, well, I love they could have at least eat, if if they were gonna be on the Fenway, they could have at least eaten at like Sweet Caroline's or something. Like, like I said, I've never been to a Longhorn Steakhouse. I like again, as I said earlier, I think that the friendly's drop is one of the funniest parts for me. That really, that really hit. Yeah, <laughs> that was like that was a yeah. cold reading, but but she was right. She hit it right on the dot. That was <laughs> yeah. The popular kids are going to friendlies. <laughs> it's it's really deep and profound, I think, because in the last year, like 2020 or so, both the hot topic in my hometown area and the friendlies in my hometown area um, closed and went out of business. Oh my god, this is so sad. Yeah, so we've really moved on to we, another era. We are singing sweet goodbye to the mid to late 2000s, but we are saying hello to the early 2000s. That's coming back, so. I was supposed to go to the closing sale of the Hot Topic when it went out of business, and literally that week was like when people started to figure out COVID was a thing and that we fucking should go outside. Blows. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to anyone. Did you know that? Yes. That, be, that living in a rural area <laughs> in New England is actually the worst thing that could ever happen to anybody. I hate it here. COVID took Hot Topic from <laughs> me, and I can never forgive it for that. It's disgusting. Malls are dying. The culture is shifting. 
The only way we can remember 2008 is through texts like Gamer Girl that allow us to transport ourselves back. Yeah, I mean, I think it does a good job at that, at least. That's the point I will stand up for this book on. It's it's a very <laughs> a very cozy slice of 2008, if that's what you're in. It is now historical fiction. It is now historical fiction. Oh, you you've you've got something to say? No, I was I was just talking about gamer girls <laughs> that's so true gamer girls yes. they're girls they're and they fight bosses they do and sometimes those bosses are orcs and sometimes they're haters and abber zombies and you just have to remember you have to grind and level up and you can make it through this mmo we call high school oh yeah yeah that's basically how it was for me you know i definitely graduated high school <laughs> that's, that's right <laughs> i i can confirm that i did that congratulations um it, it takes a lot out of all of us yeah uh, i've never recovered personally oh no way um and that's why I'm I'm like the, the gamer who doesn't know when to turn the game off. You know? I've never recovered that's... from being seven, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> seven is a hard year. It's, it's a, I mean, extenuating circumstances, but... It happens to all of us. It, it happens to all of us. A lot of us, and by a lot of us, I mean probably exactly the kind of people who are guests on the show, have had very uh, cartoonishly bad life lives. <laughs> Just an absolute piss-colored funhouse. <laughs> I mean, those are the experiences that lead you to be cringe on the internet, I suppose. That's right. Formative. You You don't do that when you're (laughs) well-adjusted. That's what what teens do when they're not okay. That that teen is under stress. It's like a PSA that's like the signs your child may be becoming a weeaboo. It is uh, being, uh, it's like one of those tweets that's like, be- watching anime as a kid is a sign of childhood trauma. I think that's accurate. <laughs> I'm going to stop this recording. <laughs> All right. One, two, three. Our opening theme is by at Twinkle Parks on Twitter, and you can check out more of her music at popspirit.net. This episode was mixed and mastered by Rhodium Studios on Fiverr and edited by me. Our website is marysuepod.com, and thanks as always to Jilly for designing it. You can find us on Twitter and Tumblr at Sue Celebration. You can tip us on Kofi.com slash Y2K Detective. Well, anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, I really appreciate it after a pretty long hiatus, and uh, we'll, we'll see you next time.